0: Erotica connoisseurs, we've had a Discord makeover. Feel free to join the server. Patreons will have special privileges, with the ability to access discrete areas, plus mute and kick participants.
1: The following content is strictly designed for the enjoyment of a mature adult audience. Headphones are recommended as these stories are recorded in left-to-right dimensional stereo.
2: Hello, erotica connoisseurs. This is Avril, and you're listening to All the Filthy Details, the number one podcast for the erotica community. Unless you could educate us differently. Seriously, which podcast reviews as many independently written erotica books as us? Answers in the comments, please. For anyone who doubts us in regards to putting the community first, well, Next month, our Patreons take over. It's their time to shine. Also, we've got another great website associated with us, in which you can receive updates, blogs, and author interviews. Be sure to check out eroticaxfilth.com. We've got an awesome interview with the last episode's star recommendation-winning author, Christian Pan. But we're going to start with a glimpse of bonus chapters. Brand new to Strapped by Phoenix Fox. Enjoy. This is a partial story for all the filthy details. Head
3: on over to the Patreon for the full audio. Links are in the description.
2: Don't tell me you're not going to the party.
3: She asked. What party? Was I not just at a three-day party? I laughed and she rolled her eyes.
0: Haven, there are seriously rich people attending this party. Strapped gained some serious attention this year. The whole group of artists are scrambling to go so they can try and catch the eye of some rich cock.
3: She motioned a blowjob with her hand and I sighed. When she put it that way, how was a girl supposed to resist? Give me five minutes, I said, and she let out a little excited squeal. I dug through my suitcase and was mentally high fiving myself for remembering to pack extra outfits. I had a black mesh dress and a tiny scrap of a thong bikini that would look sleek and sexy without trying too hard. When I opened the door, she slow clapped and made a motion for me to turn. At the sight of my thong kini, she whistled
0: Girl, if I had an ass like that, you can bet I'd be unstoppable.
3: How far away is this party? I asked. She pointed to just over the hill where the cluster of trees surrounded the valley.
0: Got a little golf buggy to take us there along the path. There's a mansion on the other side of the trees. Apparently the guy who owns the house is a millionaire. He funded the entirety of Strapped.
3: She told me, and I nodded. As we approached, the thump, thump, thump of music seemed to echo all around us. A cacophony of voices filled the air, and the occasional moan or cheer as well. My heart began to speed up in my chest as the anticipation overwhelmed me. I followed her through the bounces into the sprawling estate. I half wondered if I had crossed the gates of heaven because I was surrounded by beautiful people. Supermodels. An actor or two. In the corner I caught the eyes of Wes and Duke from the other night and earned a wink and an air kiss that sent chills down my body. The entire backyard of this estate had been decked out for a party. Twinkling fairy lights, private tanks off to the side for a little rendezvous, a roaring fire in the centre, a working bar. There was so much to look at that I felt a little off-kilter. Sawyer smiled and grabbed my hand as though she sensed my nerves and led us to the bar. The drinks were strong. After about three and lots of dancing with Sawyer, I was definitely feeling it. I slowly sipped on my fourth and watched as Sawyer got swept away by a male model that looked like Hercules himself. I scanned the crowd, and when my eyes landed on Duke and again, I considered it to be fate. They were speaking and laughing with another man, who I recognised as a lead actor in a show about Viking warriors. His name was Grant Malcolm. He and I had actually met the previous year at a meet and greet event for artists. And let's just say it was an unforgettable night. He had a strong beard and I'd have bet my thong right then his arms were bigger than my entire hips and I had plenty to work with. He was tanned and rugged and he wore a tight fitted pair of leather pants and a mesh shirt. He definitely filled out a little for his role and I found him even sexier than before. Grant met my gaze, and his eyes travelled up my body, and I considered that more than enough of an invitation to interrupt. When I made it over, Grant turned to me with a wide, salacious grin. Haven! He swept me up in a deep kiss, and he tasted tequila and slightly of cum. I couldn't help but laugh, and he made me do a twirl before he groaned dramatically.
4: Anything you wear is just mouthwatering. I swear.
3: I met Grant's eyes, and I found myself struck by the rich, decadent brown of them. He licked his lips, and I saw the little barbell that pierced his tongue, and my heart did a little somersault of joy.
4: I watched your performances on Duke's phone, but I have to say, seeing you in the flesh is so much more of a treat.
3: I couldn't hide my desire for him, the alcohol in my system exposing every nerve on end. What sealed the deal was the way I could see his hardened cock pressing against the leather of his pants. I stepped towards him and his nostrils flared. And I didn't even bat an eye when Wes stole the drink from my hand so that I could give Grant all of my focus. Want to be a standard even further by having a little fun, I asked. Wes groaned and I could feel him press up against my back and I knew he was going to assist, my silent lumberjack. My stomach flipped with excitement and I lifted my dress just enough to untie the laces at the side that held my thong in place. I let it drop and flung it at Duke's face and he just grinned before sucking the bit that had been in my ass into his mouth. Wes's strong arms hooked behind my legs and he swept forwards and spread my legs wide My pussy was now on show for Grant, and he cursed to himself before unzipping his pants and letting the monster of a cock fall out and slap against his stomach. I let out a little pant, and Grant chuckled.
4: Trust me, I know.
3: When he stepped forward and spit directly onto my pussy, I groaned. The feeling of it was cool against my heated flesh. To the right of us were a mass of other gyrating bodies, so many that the moans felt like a buzzing against my skin. It was like the festival had moved locations, like I never left the valley. Grant swirled his thick cock at my entrance, and I pressed my head into Wes's chest as I tried to shove my hips forward. Grant met me in a fierce kiss as he sank balls deep inside me, in one smooth He pulled back out all the way to the tip and then slammed in again, causing me to sink my nails into Wes's arm.
4: Fuck, you feel so sweet, so tight around my fucking cock.
3: Grant groaned. I couldn't hello but let out a breathless laugh. Dirty fucking mouth. He set a punishing pace then, his hands gripping over mine on Wes's arms as he pounded into my pussy. His cock was the thickest I'd ever have, and right there alongside the pleasure was the slight burn of pain that I loved so much. His cock had a slight curve at the top, so every push inside grated against my
4: G-spot. I'm going to spend the next few hours buried inside you, Angel, but for now, I want to fill you up while Wes eats your ass. You okay with that plan?
3: Grant asked, through gritted teeth, Fuck yes! I moaned at the same time Wes did. In a quick switch, I was in Grant's arms, tight against his chest as he continued to fuck me in a steady pace. His balls made a slapping sound against my ass. Wes's warm hands squeezed me hard before he parted my cheek. Remember, some of these stories
1: are much longer. Head over to our Patreon so you don't miss all this.
3: Genova, I latched onto Grant tightly and undulated on his cock, pulling him in for another sloppy kiss. We both moaned out when two of Wes's fingers slid inside of me and wrapped around Grant's cock, where he squeezed in tandem with my pussy. With a final thrust, Grant it.
2: you're listening to all the filthy details (laughs) we love giving you erotica for free but realistically the ability to access our full explicit audiobook library without the chatter belongs behind a paywall therefore you'll find our patreon to be one of the most compelling offers for an insignificant amount of cash Follow the links to see what you could be missing for a lot less than what you thought. Hot erotica for you discerning connoisseurs to take note of. Eagle Eye by Christian Pan In Eagle Eye, we meet Ivy, a mother, a wife, and teacher dissatisfied. But through her adventures in Princeton and Paris, with individuals and groups... Ivy will learn more about herself and about sex. Eagle Eye, available in print and ebook. A young writer, Jessica Sequez, has been chained to a desk in a mirror-walled dungeon and made to write erotica for the pleasure of a mysterious stranger, the man behind the mirror. Her book, Mirror, Secret Mirror is said to be published in May. Check out MirrorSecretMirror.com to read some of her intriguing erotica stories for free. Three Line Whip by James Hardcourt There was their first meeting, embarrassing but hot. The first date, kinky and even hotter. But now things are getting serious. Natalie is about to get spanked. In her first BDSM scene with Brandon, the dreamy Dom next door, they start to turn her fantasies into reality. But first he has plans. Dinner plans. Little does she know, she's the dessert. And after that, she won't just bear her bottom, but her soul to him too. She's about to discover that over Brandon's knee, everything will take on a new perspective. Passion or Prey by Alina Nix. The dark thrill of hunting his wife down, overpowering her, and slaking his lust draws Felix into a chase through forest, fields, and derelict buildings as a storm rolls in. When he finds her, he'll have to subdue and restrain her before he can exercise the demons that threaten their relationship. He loves Kara deeply. But can he rein himself in when he finally has her bound and helpless? Links can be found in the description. You're listening to All the Filthy
3: Details.
2: (laughs) It's time for our spotlight on eroticists. In this episode, we'll be speaking to our star recommendation winning bisexual erotica writing guest, Christian Pan. Hello, Christian. As a podcast, we're super excited to be a part of your journey as an author. Where did all of this start for you?
4: I started writing erotica during the 2020 lockdowns during COVID, when my regular artistic and professional life was abruptly thrust into limbo, like so many other people. When I first began publishing my short stories, to be honest, it was kind of a lark. I thought, oh, I'll just do this for six months or something. I didn't realize writing erotic fiction would become such an important part of my life, two years later.
2: For those unfamiliar with your writing, what sort of niches do you write? What can people expect from reading your books?
4: I'm bisexual, so my erotica certainly reflects that. My stories feature characters engaged in same sex, opposite sex, group sex encounters, I try to write as sensually and realistically as I can, but sometimes I'm consciously brushing up against other genres. I like unreliable narrators, as well as changing points of view. Some readers have told me I write erotic noir, which sounds pretty cool. Most of my stories are rooted in contemporary settings, realistic. I try to make my characters believable and real. They fuck they're divorced, they lie, they have a history of addiction or trauma, they're not sure if being polyamorous is for them, and so on. Stories that feel as close to real life turns me on. I also have a number of historical stories that are purposefully set in the past, like some of the entries in my first collection, City of Desire, take place in New York 30 years ago, because I feel like a lot of that Part of the city is just gone. I've written a number of stories that are erotic, but intentionally set during the AIDS epidemic in New York, which I'm hoping to finish editing and release later this summer. I have written a tiny bit of science fiction, and my latest book eroticizes Greek myths. But overall, yeah, most of my stories are realistic and contemporary.
2: One of the things which helped you win your star recommendation was a diverse approach to storytelling. Is this typical for your style? Or did it just fit with what you were trying to do with that book?
4: Oh, thank you. Well, At the End of the World, the one that you gave me the star recommendation on, that's one of my favorites. Part of my inspiration for writing that book was Jennifer Egan's A Visit from the Goon Squad. I love that book. In there, each chapter is its own short story with different characters shifting points of view, but together they make the novel. Some are in the foreground, some characters are in the background, but it's kind of like a puzzle in the reader's mind. And I thought, why not do something like that with erotica? What would that look like? My other books, Eagle Eye and On Freedom are more straightforward, linear novels. The stories can be read individually, in each of those books, but there's definitely a progression with the same characters moving from time with the beginning, middle and end. With At the End of the World, I wanted to try something a little bit different in terms of the structure. And I do have some ideas for another one, similarly breaking up the narrative sequence, but it's still in an early phase of development. So going to have to wait for the water to boil there.
2: What are your favorite characters to write? What personalities do you like to give them?
4: I like characters who are real. By that, I mean complicated or contradictory. I like characters that are flawed, messy, who don't have all the answers, who have a history and a past which they bring with them into their intimate relationships, no matter how brief or how long. Those are the people that I'm attracted to in real life, but I often don't find them in a lot of the erotica that I read. I also like characters that have actual emotional mood swings that are not just one tone on the piano, you know? I try to show my characters with their sass, their tenderness, their rough edges, their awkwardness, their fears, their desires, basically with as much of the range of human emotion that I can get away with.
2: Are some of the books you've written based on your own experiences? Would you consider yourself to be as sexually fluid as the characters you write?
4: Yes, definitely. For much of my work, I certainly draw upon my own experiences. Sometimes it begins with an actual episode or part of one that I then combine with something else that I'm interested in. Or maybe it's a story someone told me that happened to them. The things that happen in real life are often far more interesting and complicated and surprising. That being said... I want to be clear that I'm not setting out to write nonfiction. Imagination, creativity, and invention are definitely vital to what I do. And ultimately, I'm just trying to tell a good story. Also, everything I write, I try to make as personal as possible. Some are more revealing than others. And yeah, I hope I'm as sexually fluid as some of my favorite characters. I mean, I don't know. Writing erotica has definitely developed my fantasy life and give me a creative space to explore and fantasize and think about, which has definitely been extremely rewarding. What does the future
2: hold? What are you working on next?
4: Oh, goddess. So much is going on. Where do I start? Um, I just published my latest book, Far From Olympus, which eroticizes some creatures from Greek mythology centaurs, satyrs, sirens. It's my first foray into this fantasy genre, I suppose, and I'm both excited and nervous about it. Also, I should say, because of the source material, these stories are pretty intense and dark, which personally I like, but may not be for everyone. My next book, Stockholm Syndrome, should be out in May. It takes place in Sweden during the summer solstice, so there's a lot of bisexual activity happening in and around the archipelago. I'm also writing new stories to appear in some zines and collections of erotica, as well as organizing my own anthology of short stories. I'm also hoping to do some erotic audio recordings this summer. Oh, and I'm going to be signing books and attending the Smut Lovers Conference, organized by Nikki Rome this September down in Florida. So really excited about that. So yeah, a lot of movement, a lot of irons in the fire. I like heat.
2: Can we get a preview of something you've been working on?
4: Sure. Here's a short passage from The Clags, which is the first story from Far From Olympus. Then, as if on cue... The centaurs dispersed. The counterclockwise circle broke, and they each galloped towards the perimeter, to where the humans stood. Harmony now became a depiction of chaos, Their relentless movements graceful, as if choreographed by the muse Trypsichori. Two centaurs were now charging towards Agalas, a tan-coated mare and a white stallion with black spots. Standing as ground and, afraid of being trampled beneath their hooves if he were to move, he winced as the dirt flew across the front of his flesh as the female skidded to a halt in front of him. Immediately, her equine front feet folded, and she wrapped her strong human limbs around his lower back, sucking his erect penis desperately with her ravenous mouth. Meanwhile, behind her, the male with the spots had lifted his front legs, so that his huge penis could plunge into her massive vagina. The impact of the stallion, pushing into the mare, pressed egolas up against the wooden fence. Splinters dug into his bare back and buttocks, but the pain was minor compared to the pleasure of the centaur's rhythmic swallowing of his dick. Amidst this extreme and unexpected pleasure, he looked around him at the scene unfolding in the stable with perverse fascination. The mouth of the mare gave no quarter around his pining shaft. Her lips and tongue demanded he release his cum down into her throat, while the stallion behind her kept thrusting his giant shaft into her flanks, determined and singularly focused in his animal lust. His front hooves scrambled to stay atop her equine back, even while he reached down with one hand towards her tail. He brought the tip of it to his flared nostrils and grunted with ecstatic joy. Egalos closed his eyes, his conscious mind unable to process everything that was happening.
2: Do you read erotica? If so, which erotica authors do you think we should be keeping a keen eye out for? What kind of erotica do they write?
4: Yes, I read erotica all the time, though it's not the only genre I read. I read a lot of fiction and poetry as well as history, some science fiction, essays. Basically, I'm a word nerd. I believe that an important part of my writing is reading, so I'm always asking for recommendations of what I should read next. One novella which I recently finished and really enjoyed is Coming Home by Leo Wilder. It's about this Butch Dyke who returns to Idaho for a 10-year high school reunion so they can catch up with the badass lesbian they had a crush on since they were on the soccer team. It's really smart, super funny, tough, and sexy. Wilder's a very good writer. Another writer that I want to give a shout-out to is Deirdre Winter. I'm always on the lookout for good bisexual erotica, personally, and hers is some of the best out there, in my opinion. Her stories are not only sexual, but they're almost like magic realism. So inventive. So exciting, so hot. I'd recommend her book, Catharsis, as a good place for folks to start. And finally, I really like a lot of the work by Guy New York, especially his longer pieces like The Yes Rule and Disgusting, Beautiful, Immoral. He's just so raw, and his characters are just unapologetically fucked up, and I just love it. It's just filthy, delicious, and twisted. I love it.
2: How can we follow Christian Pan on social media?
4: Yes, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Um, All my books are on Amazon and all of my short stories are on my website, www.christianpanerotica.com. And any listeners out there who subscribe to my newsletter, I'll send you a free story of your choice.
2: Thanks for joining us.
4: No, thank you. It was a pleasure.
2: You're listening to All the Filthy Details. (laughs) It's time to hand you over to Di, who's going to introduce us to some mind-blowing erotica, written by some of the finest independent erotica authors.
1: Hello, erotica connoisseurs. This is Filth, the erotic book review. As usual, we've got three titles up for review and one star recommendation-winning guest to help us pass the torch to another potential winner. With the introduction out of the way, let's start with our first book, *Luxury Suite* by
5: Hank Dolworth. For the button to change from voice to video call. Hi, Kirsten, right? Megan said with a purr. I'd be fucking delighted to watch my husband make you lose your mind. The screen flashed as I was still trying to find the icon, with a request to start a video call for my wife. I tapped the button and then waited for the video call to connect. I saw my wife's big brown eyes and a feral grin on her face. Hey, babe, I managed to say before Kirsten pulled the phone from my hands. Kirsten? I heard Megan say. What are you doing with my husband? I watched as my free use hostess looked into my phone at my wife, straddled me, and reached to rub my already stiff cock against her slick lips. I leaned back, shifted slightly, and moaned as I felt Kristen slide onto my cock. I'm straddling him in this huge armchair we have, and mm, I just stuffed myself with your husband's cock. I want to see you fuck him. My wife moaned, and I heard the telltale sound of her vibrator kicking up a notch. Kirsten held the phone in both hands and pressed a button. She flipped it around to point at her face, then pushed the phone into my hands. I focused on her face as she rose and then panned down to focus the camera on her perky, enhanced breasts as she bobbed up and down as Kirsten rode my cock. Mm, nice tits, Kirsten, Megan said, and I watched her tilt her phone down so I could watch my wife grip and knead her breasts, mirroring Kirsten's hand. I couldn't help lifting my hips to drive into Kirsten's cunt. My arousal from listening to my wife before Kirsten joined was already close to the edge. The dual images of my wife and my free-use slut playing with their tits had me edging even closer. He feels so good at my needy cunt, Kirsten cooed, kicking up the dirty talk for my wife as she stared into the camera. Don't you love how his thick cock stretches you? My wife replied as I watched her head tilt back. Megan panned her camera down her body and I watched her push her rabbit vibrator inside. Usually... When we video called, she'd hold the rabbit ears on her clit as the vibrator did its thing inside her pussy. Now, however, she fucked herself with the shaft of the large vibrator. I focused my phone on Kirsten's bare cunt, watching her ride up and down my stiff cock. The synchronicity of the two views in front of my eyes had me groaning. Fuck, ladies. I managed. I'm not going to last long watching you two together. Part of me felt like my cock was pushing into my wife's pussy when I focused on the dildo she wrote in sync with her view of Kristen riding up and down my cock. Their facial expressions mirrored each other as I panned back to their faces. My wife's brown hair and eyes were the only difference from Kristen's blonde and blue eyes. Kristen arched back and held onto my knees. I panned back down to her stretched lips, wrapped around my cock. I felt her shove her hips down to the hilt as I heard the telltale signs of my wife's whimper showing me she was close. Fuck, baby. She said as she watched Kirsten fuck me. I'm going to- And she screamed as I watched her thighs tighten and her hands stilled, pressing the dildo deep. Oh, fuck. It was all Kirsten managed before I felt her cunt clench around my cock. I roared unintelligibly as I felt my balls tighten, and then my shaft pulsed. I felt my hot cum shoot into Kirsten's fluttering walls. I reached for Kirsten and pulled her up and against my chest. The phone slipped and fell against my chest, aiming at us as I kissed Kirsten deeply. That was hot as hell. I heard my wife say as my thoughts knitted back together. I parted the kiss, and Kirsten leaned against my chest, her lips kissing along the base of my neck. I lifted the phone back up and pressed the button to switch cameras, then framed Kirsten and me in the view. You two are too cute. Cuddling. Megan smiled. I wish I were there with you both. Can we do this again tomorrow night? That's up to you, Brandon, Kirsten said, looking into the phone. It's his week. He's the boss. Baby, you know I'll call you tomorrow, I told my wife. It's getting late. Before I sleep, I must review some things and be ready for day one. Kirsten gently kissed on my chest and slid off my cock while Megan and I said our goodnights. By the time we were finished, Kirsten had sucked all the remnants of my cum off my cock and balls. She looked up at me. I'm going to change into something special. Imagine a luxury resort
1: with a VIP club that assigns a sexy hostess to their guest for their free-use sexual needs. That's the luxury suite. Our married protagonist not only checks into the place, but checks in with his wife via a phone call before committing to playing around further. You'll get to explore the lives of Brandon and Kirsten during Brandon's stay at the Fantasy Unlimited Bed and Breakfast. Yours Until Midnight by Hardison Parker. Open your eyes and give me
5: the toy. I groaned. I was so close, my breath was ragged and desperate, but I complied. Once I adjusted to the light, I saw Jimmy sitting, his legs planted wide. He was still wearing the black slacks, but the fly was unzipped, and that beautiful cock was standing erect, veins stretched. If I wasn't at his command, he wouldn't have had to instruct me on my next task, and I would have gladly knelt before him and worshipped that erection with my mouth. To my delight, he had the same thought in mind with the catch. Kneel, M. There was just enough room between the seats for me to kneel. Doing so placed me with Jimmy's legs at my sides. His cock seemed to pulse in front of me as if begging for my attention. Suck me. Make me come in your mouth. You have six minutes. What happens if you don't come? Even while asking the question, I greedily wrapped my hand around the base, barely able to connect my thumb and forefinger, and began licking the droplet of pre sitting invitingly at the tip. Jimmy chuckled. "'Well, no. Let's hope you don't have to find out.' "'There was a dark undertone to his words, "'which made the hair on the back of my neck stand at attention. "'It might have frightened away less lusty people, "'but for me, it succeeded in making my clit throb with anticipation "'at the thought of some mysterious punishment if I failed. "'I was torn. "'I wanted to taste his hot cream shooting down my throat.' but my inner slut wanted to find out the consequences. I've never been dominated before. It had only been an infrequent fantasy when I was frustrated by my submissive boyfriends. But damn, it was making me hot right now. Five minutes and thirty seconds. Crap, not a lot of time. I quickened my pace surrounding his tip with my lips. It took a moment to adjust to his size, but soon I was able to slide about half his cock into my throat. I took pride in my blowjob skills. After college, I had a neighbor who did those lingerie parties where a group of girls go to an adult toy demonstration, and afterwards, she tries to sell a product, like Tupperware for adults. She did this icebreaker where all the girls kneel in front of dildos of various sizes for which she then gave lessons on the perfect blowjob. I never found out where she learned her technique, but fuck me if every guy I met didn't love it. As I bobbed my head on his shaft, it became slick. When my head pulled back, I used my hand to spread the wetness down to the base. This allowed me to rotate my hand around the shaft with minimal friction. I could feel his cock twitch. With my free hand, I massaged his balls through his pants. Not ideal. I prefer the skin-on-skin contact, but I could feel how full they were. Oh, that's good, he said, egging me on. His voice was much hoarser when he shouted out, Three minutes. I felt my nipples hard against my silk, aching for attention. My pussy continued to drip sticky juice down my thighs. I began flicking my tongue against the underside of his cock with each stroke, taking more of him into my mouth. At two minutes, I reached his base with only a small gagging sound. I was ready now to bring that delicious cream home. I squeezed the base tightly, rewarded with Jimmy's breath catching. His hands now rested on my head, gripping my hair in his fists. I could tell by the way his body tints that he was so close but also holding back. He wasn't going to win this one. I pulled my head back until I held just the tip of my mouth and I began jerking his cock with my hand. Oh, fuck him, he yelled, just before he shot his first load into my mouth. I took him in deeper, nearly to the base, so the next shot would head straight down my throat. There was a lot of cum so much that I nearly gagged from the force of it against my tonsils. I swallowed what I could and held the rest in my mouth, except for a large blob dripping down my chin. When he pushed my head off his softening cock, I looked up into those flashing eyes and gave him a proud smile."
1: After all but submitting to the idea that she was all but destined to end the year alone, Amber stumbles across her old flame, Jimmy. When he asks her to escort him on a date, he adds the caveat that he is to have free use of her until midnight. Accepting this offer opens up her once sexually mundane life to new experiences. One by my husband's brother, by Steph Brothers. Silly
5: boys go through the house asking questions I couldn't decipher, making childish noises of jealousy. There's nothing that mattered outside of Cameron and me. My brother-in-law explored my back with his hands while he plowed my tight cunt with his tool. He latched onto my nipple and groaned with satisfaction as he sucked hard on it. I couldn't remember a single time Jeremy had let me go on top. It was as if he was scared. I'd simply leave from boredom if he didn't pin me down. And he wasn't far wrong. With Cameron, though... The only place I was heading was straight for another huge climax. He switched his hot, hard mouth to my other nipple and dug his teeth in, driving sparks of ecstasy up and down my spine. I swore the man could read my mind, or at least my body. God, I wish Jeremy could see us. It was hot as hell, knowing he could hear everything. That really was a big part of why we were being so noisy after all. But if my husband could actually see how his brother fucked me, maybe he'd pick up a thing or two. Cameron took hold of my hip in one hand and squeezed it, hard, like it was trying to escape. The other hand, he whirled into my hair, taking a hot fistful and pulling firmly. The pressure grew so strong I had to come up off his chest and take my nipple back from him. Cameron raised his ass from the bed and my belly soared like i jumped off a cliff. He worked me over with his hands and his hips, and I could barely control my senses. I was on top, but there was no way I was in charge. My brother-in-law was driving this whole experience, slamming his cock into me as he dragged and pushed my hips, bringing all my skin into screaming wakefulness with his flawless hair pulling, There was a new climax building within me, fueled by my dizziness as much as by my lover. I closed my eyes and wailed with need, Cameron's powerful body bucking me around like a wild bull. But when he landed his hard hand on my ass with a sharp, cracking spank, I lost it all. My sanity, my strength, my last shred of self-control. I slammed my hands down on Cameron's bull chest, balancing myself on his powerful body as my climax detonated. I made fists in his chest hair and he hissed with pain and spanked my ass again, both sides at once and even harder than before. The magic tingling sensation started in my fingers and toes, my scalp and lips, and it drove deep inside me, finding a home in my belly. My orgasm pounded me like an earthquake and wiped out any less thought I might have had. The world went dark, except for the fireworks behind my eyelids. It took me two weeks, or maybe just twenty seconds, before I could open my eyes. I collapsed forward, diving into my brother-in-law's sweet, hard mouth for a long kiss, deep and soulful He growled against me, his mouth growing hungrier and more savage with each passing second. Cameron rolled me down off his muscular body, his thick cock gliding out of me and leaving me feeling lost for a second. I landed on my belly on the bed, my limbs splayed like I was a doll. I tried reaching for him, but my muscles were hot mush and my bones were wet spaghetti. I couldn't even raise my head. He'd wiped me out so hard. The big man snarled and huffed as he swung himself up onto his knees behind me. Fuck, Sizzle. Your ass is just so fucking perfect. Especially with the red imprint of my hand. Mm. I said, unable to even work my mouth properly. Cameron seized my hips and lifted holding me up just enough that he could punch his wonderful cock home inside me again. Oh, fuck. Cameron. I was just a passenger at that point, my strength still not coming back. Cameron had enough for both of us, though, as he drove into me with unbelievable power. He squeezed my hips hard enough to hurt in the most perfect way. As he dragged my ass back against himself so strongly, it got me dizzy all over again. Yes, Cameron. Fuck me. Ugh, damn it, sizzle. Harder, big man. Fuck me harder. Oh dirty fucking girl. Cameron's voice became a rasping whisper by the last word, and then nothing. He drove that incredible cock deep inside me as he squeezed my poor, tortured ass a little harder. He suddenly sped up, sliding in and out like a piston, and I knew he was about to finish. Oh, please, Cameron. Huh? I want to taste you. Dirty. He pulled out of me, and I found the strength to roll over and sit up, grasping at his fat shaft and driving it deep into my mouth. The salty, sweet flavor of my own juices brought my senses to life, and then Cameron blew me away. His thick, hot fluid burst against my tongue, the musky flavor both rich and spicy. He gripped my hair and held tight, flooding my mouth as he pumped jet after jet of his juice, his breath hissing like a steam engine. Finally, he released my hair, and I drew back. A deadbeat husband unwittingly edges
1: his marriage towards a stag and vixen model when his irresponsible gambling lands him in hot water. In this sixth book of the series, Jeremy's muscle-bound brother, Cameron, wins a night with Tori while forcing his younger brother into the role of a cuckold. We asked Davina to break down these titles. Here are her thoughts.
0: The luxury suite follows Brandon's steamy stay at a unique establishment. The bed and breakfast offers customers a free-use woman to fulfill their desires, and Kirsten serves as Brandon's hostess. Narrated from Brandon's perspective, the story focuses on his erotic adventures in the free-use environment. What Hank does well is build and capture the tension, not only with his host, but his wife who aspires to contribute to the proceedings remotely. The book is an excellent choice for readers who enjoy free-use erotica. Where it lacks or excels based on what you're looking for is its connection to reality. This is clearly a work of fantasy realism, which would make a great short read for most erotica fans. Yours Until Midnight by Hardison Parker is probably my favourite. It features a strong, independent female protagonist. Amber is not a damsel in distress. She is a woman who knows what she wants and is not afraid to go after it. Her main love interest, Jimmy, is a dominant man who is also kind and caring. Together, the characters have great chemistry and their relationship is believable. The plot is fast-paced and exciting, and character development complements that speed well. Hardison does a great job of exploring the power exchange between Amber and Jimmy. Amber is initially hesitant to submit to Jimmy, but she soon finds that she enjoys it. Jimmy's caring and dominant characteristics help make Amber feel safe and desired. The novel also explores the theme of consent. Amber is always in control of the relationship, and she can end it at any time. This is an important aspect of the novel, as it shows that free-use romance can be consensual and enjoyable for everyone involved. One by My Husband's Brother by Steph Brothers tells the story of Tori, a woman who is frustrated with her husband Jeremy. Not only is he coasting at work, but he also has a gambling problem, and worst of all, he hasn't seen to her womanly needs in months. When Jeremy invites his big brother Cameron over to watch the Super Bowl, Tori is in for a surprise. Cameron is everything that Jeremy is not. Tall, broad-shouldered, and hard-handed. Tori has been attracted to Cameron for years, and she can't help but feel a spark between them when they're together. When Jeremy makes a bet with Cameron on the game, Tori knows that he's bound to lose, and when he does, Cameron makes Tori an offer she can't refuse. The novel is full of steamy scenes and plenty of drama, Tori and Cameron's relationship is forbidden, but they can't help themselves from being drawn to each other. The story is fast-paced and exciting, and it will keep you hooked until the very end. What Steph does well here is add plenty of drama at a fast pace, which serves to keep the reader hooked. What's questionable is if in-laws fall under an incest kink, and if so, is this plot a little too realistic to be universally enjoyed?
1: We had our star recommendation-winning guest, Christian Pan, read these titles. Here are Christian's thoughts.
4: Okay, so the first one that I read was Hardison Parker's Yours Until Midnight. This is a filthy free-use erotic story that combines some elements of Cinderella, actually, in my opinion. Um, Amber is 30 and has no plans for New Year's Eve but unexpectedly reconnects with a crush of hers from high school, Jimmy, who is visiting town on business. They meet and electricity immediately surges and they can consummate their desire with one another. But then Jimmy wants to see her the next night and says, will you be my free use from dawn until midnight? Where basically that's she will do whatever Jimmy asks to do, whether it's having sex in public, having sex in private, sharing her with other partners. So the author has a really good overview of these adventures over two days. There's exhibitionism, there's some light BDSM, there's some same-sex encounters with some bisexual women, there's some voyeurism. It's, it's a very fun, hot, quick read. Hank Dolworth's Luxury Suite. Okay, so Brandon is on the road for business, and something goes wrong with his original hotel, so he checks into the Fantasy Unlimited Hotel. Now, as the title suggests, this place has a lot of frisky, erotic surprises in store. Basically, what that means for us in this story is that the hostess, Kirsten, is a free-use sexual partner for Brandon while he's away for three days on business. Uh, Brandon immediately enjoys this uh, perk of his luxurious stay at the Fantasy Unlimited Hotel. He calls his wife, Megan, who's a hot wife. They have an open relationship. They share about their sexual adventures on the phone and even do a little video chatting. Um, It's a quick, short tale Lots of hot episodes during the first day and night of Brandon's arrival to the suite. Um, Basically, he gets no work done. The third story that I read was One by My Husband's Brother by Steph Brothers. This is part six of her Fixing My Husband's Hot Mess series, but it's a standalone. You can definitely dive into the series like I did, not having read the earlier entries. We meet Tori. She's an accountant working from home, and she really needs peace and quiet to do her job on Super Bowl Sunday. Her husband, Jeremy, is out in the living room watching the game with his far more handsome and hot husband, Cameron, that Tori has been fantasizing and flirting with for about five years since she got married. And she tells the guys, look, you got to keep it down. And Jeremy, you better not be doing any kind of betting on this game. Well, he loses the bet and is really crushed because he had bet Tori to sleep with his brother, Cameron, convinced that he was going to win. And he is shocked when Tori says, well, you got to pay your debts. Let's let's go. Let's do this. So Tori and Cameron have super hot sex in front of her husband. And this awakens Jeremy's um, previously dormant cuckold side. So if you're into cuckolding and exhibitionism and this kind of erotic storytelling, it's great, it's hot. This one is especially is uh, contains a lot of clever humor. Tori is hilarious, um, super sassy. Super badass, um, really, really fun.
1: Scores time. Before I start breaking down these books, it's worth mentioning the quality of the titles we've been receiving has just got better and better, to the point most of these titles would have been worthy winners had we not pit them amongst each other. I would personally recommend all three, but we're here to identify a star, so let's dive in. Luxury Suite by Hank Dolworth is a 4.1 out of 5. What's not to love about this book? Admittedly, there is a slab of icing sugar which holds the plot together in a similar way to a classic Radley Metzger film. Those are the sort of movies which add scenarios, such as having a blowjob included in the in-flight entertainment, or having your waitress create a fresh sauce in front of you. If you're here for the erotica, it's here in spades, and it delivers in what is currently an oversaturated niche in free use. I'd love to know if the choice of the host's name, Kristen, was random or deliberate, with this community being so tight-knit. Yours Until Midnight by Hardison Parker is a 4.2 out of 5. We've read a number of Hardison Parker's titles from Kara Awakened to Bound for Her Art. What we can say, with a degree of confidence, is the progression speaks for itself. This is the best book we have read by Hardison Parker to date. The protagonist's plight is a relatable one, and the clever choice of characters helps move the story along quickly while remaining believable. Let's be honest, how easy is it to sleep with an ex? If the circumstances are right, the answer is nearly always straight away. Again, this title flirts with the free-use trend, but stresses that control and consent are present, which makes it a great read overall. One by My Husband's Brother by Steph Brothers is a 4.3 out of 5. Honestly, this is the sort of book we'd struggle to promote because of the loose-fitting incest narrative at the heart of this book. Basically, the successful and physically dominant brother hooks up with his brother's wife, or sister-in-law, which he cutely abbreviates as Sizzle. This reduces the husband into a reluctant, twitching cuckold while our lead character relishes the situation she's been put in. What Steph does masterfully here is to create scenarios in which we can empathize with our main character, especially with the amount of crap she has to endure as a result of being in this relationship. This results in us wanting her to get this moment and break this weak-ass excuse of a husband. I personally never quite got the cuckolding kink, but this book not only gives it a practical approach, but also makes it seem scorching hot. So, just to be clear, Steph Brothers is our star recommendation winner, with one by my husband's brother. This is a masterclass on how to write a punchy erotic story while keeping your reader gripped to the very end. A glimpse on the internet will show you how prolific a writer Steph has been, with another 100 titles to purchase. We suspect such experience has paid off dividends in regards to methods and mastery. We'd like to thank everyone who participated by submitting their manuscripts and helping us review these titles. You can find links to all titles in the description. For those more interested in what we thought about their brands, book prices, websites, and more, join us on Patreon for a deeper dive on our exclusive podcast, Shh, Extra Filth. If you want us to review your erotica, pay close attention to our Twitter handle. We should be doing a writer special soon meaning we'll be reviewing six books in one episode and giving out two star recommendations.
2: You're listening to All the Filthy Details. (laughs) Thanks, Di. These books get harder and harder to review. Behind the scenes, I thought Hank was going to win, although I thought Hardison's book was masterful. In the end, I don't think you could argue with Steph Brothers for the plot execution. Anyway, we've got a new title in production. It's a thriller with elements of mystery. It's called The Erotic Diary of Emily. And it should appeal to the fans of The Erotic Diary of Isabel. Here's an ultra-early sneak peek. Enjoy. This is a partial story for all the filthy details. Head on over to the Patreon for the full audio. Links are in the description.
6: She returned to the bar top to tend to my next drink and brought along with her one of the men she'd been laughing with. He wasn't the hottest man I'd ever seen, but he had a gorgeous smile and looked rugged, which any woman could appreciate. His flowing blonde hair that just brushed his shoulders complimented the stubble on his face. He intrigued me as much as the small scar he had on his cheek. It needled me in a way I was dying to ask about it. "'What's a beautiful woman like yourself sitting all alone for?' he asked, sitting down close to me. "'It's not exactly safe around these parts, but I'll protect you.' The busty barmaid rolled her eyes and interjected with a playful scoff. "'What, you? I had you down as one of those dirty old badgers we get around here.' The quip bought me time to say something profound and witty. Yet the moment I opened my mouth to reply, Helen miraculously materialised there with her hands on her hips, eyebrows arched. I'm gone for two whole minutes and you've already found someone else to spend your night with? Really, Em. Helen glared at the guy while she said it. He took her intrusion as a sign to vacate his seat and smiled at me before departing. Shit, Helen, relax. He just came over for a chat. It's not like you found me bent over the barstool. Not yet. Listen, we talked about you entering your whore era, not being stupid. You need to be careful of people around here. Besides, what's it going to look like if the first guy you come in contact with gets to play? She took a sip of her mostly empty cocktail and then brightened, giving me an assessing look. I told you that dress works wonders. Be careful of people. What was that supposed to mean? Wordlessly, I shrugged and pushed my hair off my shoulders. Anyway, that was a client on the phone. Long story short, she's desperate. She has an outfit but wanted her alterations done yesterday. I'll need to use my aunt's home studio to get it finished. Will you please come with me? It's a huge place, and she has everything we could ever want to get our hands on. It was the typical Helen pitch, the type that said she wouldn't take no for an answer, that she'd all but get on her knees to get what she wanted. Just like that, I found myself flying down the country roads of New Sussex, close to midnight, while Helen prattled on about how her aunt practically lived on the road and wasn't likely to be home. By the time she moved on to painfully describing the alteration process, I wasn't really listening. Endeavouring to displace the thought of a missed opportunity with the hot stranger back at the bar, I convinced myself it was a sign. Maybe it really wasn't in my best interest to use sexcapades to get back at Jude. This far from civilization, streetlights were non-existent, and I could barely see past the car hood. As Helen pulled into a long, well-maintained driveway, details of the sprawling estate mansion were lost in the headlights. The home looked like an empty shell. It loomed over us, silently staring, and I shot Helen a glance. Every single one of its stooping gargoyles stared down at us, looked like they were ready to fly off their perches, drag me to their nest and eat me whole. Not a single light was on in a single window. But as we entered, the place was quite warm, and we were welcomed by the sounds of a crackling fire. Soft music played in the background. Helen led me into the sitting room, a cosy space where a man sat with his back turned to us. He clenched a whisky tumbler in one hand, with a cigar in the other. His raven black hair rivalled the unpolluted darkness outside, and broad shoulders betrayed his seemingly relaxed posture. Damon, Helen declared. The kiwi is back, he said, before draining the remains of his glass. He stood before turning and giving Helen a breathtaking smile. He didn't even acknowledge me standing there as he moved to replenish his drink. I pulled at the edges of my dress, suddenly feeling like a loud red fire engine. Still not even looking at me, he asked, Helena, who do we have here? Check us out on Patreon. We have our exclusive
2: podcast, Shh! Extra Filth! And several exclusive long-play audiobooks we know you'll love. We'll see you soon! Thanks once again for joining us. We want to hear back from you, so you be active. Join our Patreon and our Discord servers to get in touch. We look forward to hearing from you. Please consider rating this episode on your favorite podcast player. Bye, sexies.